Hey everyone, uh, welcome to Is It Wet, a podcast where we line up hard-boiled eggs of goopy facts at the edge of your tank, hoping to slowly win your trust and affection over time. I'm Sophie. I'm Caitlin. And today we are covering the 2017 romantic fantasy film, The Shape of Water, directed by Guillermo del Toro. Oh boy, yeah. Uh, if we have any fish fuckers out there, yeah. first of all, I support you um, uh, in the context of this movie, if this movie does it for you. Um, and uh, I'm very excited to be doing this movie. We can cut the fish fucker out. Um, no, <laughs> why? It's funny. <laughs> okay. All right. Uh, yeah. She literally fucks she a fucks fish in a the fish movie, who Sophie. might be God, and that's the movie, yeah. and it's great. Yeah. Um, but before we get into this very romantic, very wet film, Caitlin, did mm-hmm. you have a wet moment of your week? So I did. I had a I had a rather what felt like a rather tumultuous week. So mm. You know, it's going to be a period of time when I don't have a lot of memories, probably. But the okay. th- so I I watched a lot of things. But the thing that is sticking out to me as what is wet, what was wettest about my week is really sh- surprising. This is going to mm. shock and awe our listeners mm-hmm. and and you, although I did kind of talk to you about it already. Mm-hmm. So what I'm going to go with this week is I finally got around to watching the first few episodes of uh, The Falcon and the Winter Soldier, okay. which is a Disney Plus show, which overall, not a wet show. No, I would imagine not. Yeah, we've we've talked about why it's drawing from like the driest parts of the Marvel Universe, which is already pretty dry. So it's fun if you mm-hmm. like that universe, yeah. I guess. But what I will say and what I was shocked by but it lines up with with the rest of what I've seen of this mm-hmm. in the the MCU is Sebastian Stan's character, the Winter Soldier, Bucky, has so much chemistry with literally every single character he comes into contact with, like throughout the MCU. And mm-hmm. I would invite anyone to point out a scene in which that is not true. It okay. just is like it, it's it is magical just watching him and I'm like not even really sure what it is but everyone he interacts with you just feel this sexual tension between right. them and I I have to imagine it's Sebastian Stan just like okay. endowing the character with yeah. that I don't, maybe you know historically in the comics that was true of the Winter Soldier right right yeah I, I, it, it's it could be. So I know because th- I've seen Captain America. Um, Captain America, Robert Redford is secretly evil, also known as the Captain America, the Winter Soldier. Mm-hmm. That's just how I catalog these these silly movies. Um, I know that the Winter Soldier is like he's like a sleeper agent, right? Or that yes. that they've created to like assassinate kennedy or whatever or like do things throughout throughout history i and i know that that is like a lot of brainwashing i wonder um not to take agency away from this character do you think that that was important for hydra or whoever to like 
we're going to make you have like wild levels of chemistry with everyone. And that's going to be part of, yes, they're going to be a little bit off put by like that your metal arm is killing everybody, but they're Mm going to be like, they're also going to be like kind of into it. And that's going to make you a more effective assassin. Also, if you're confusing people like sexually, if they're having an awakening, that I think would make you a better spy, a better agent. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, you, you, it's sort of, yeah, you you kind of shock them to their core, right, and right. that that little moment, that moment of mm-hmm. of uh, the, them questioning themselves because this interaction yeah. with him, that's all he needs to just get the upper hand on the exactly. situation. Exactly. I think it's this theory is likely. The only thing is, I I kind of have to go back and watch the original Captain America and yeah. see how Bucky was before oh, that. Oh, true, yeah. But I don't know, maybe they, maybe Hydra also like saw that he mm-hmm. had that kind of energy and was like, we're gonna, we're gonna turn this we're up. Gonna we're gonna ramp that play. up. So it's like a little bit of both. Yeah, I think that, um, I think this is a very valid, valid theory. And uh, yeah, and I think this is how, if anyone is watching this show or any of the these, uh, Marvel, Marvel, um, thing, little, these little films that they put out, I (laughs) think, um, these fun little (laughs) pictures, um, that's a good way to watch it. And, um, yeah, I, I do remember that, um, when Captain America or whoever is forced to fight him and they're like, and you're kind of losing, you're like, oh my God, stop. You're like going to kill me. Oh my God. Your arm is so shiny. Oh my God. Stop it. (laughs) Oh my God, Winter Soldier, <laughs> stop. Uh, yeah, see? Exactly. Ugh, dumb. Okay. Uh. <laughs> and he's like like that with everyone. It's it's great. I yeah. it's seriously. You could and sometimes he doesn't even it doesn't even take that much talking. It's these looks that mm-hmm. you just feel the sparks between yeah. him and whoever he's talking to. It's great. Is that including you and you and the character? Is that is that also oh, happening? Is, Not to put you on the spot. I mean, yeah, pr- yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna look. I think I know what he looks like. I'm gonna look him up. He's like, yeah. His character goes through a a. a it's quite a uh, trajectory okay, that, yeah. that his character goes through. It's it's a good one. He's like, and he's cute. He's cute. He's like, uh, he's like a Vampire Diaries villain hotness yeah. that they'd in, they'd introduce in like season five. Uh, yeah. When like, I think he's a far better actor than <laughs> than the Vampire Diaries, but I think. Yeah. But I, that's the level I of hotness. I've never seen him in anything else. I right. only know Sebastian Stan as the as the Winter Soldier, mm-hmm. and like his thing is he, you know, he's like a shadowy guy. Yeah. So yeah. you only get bits and pieces. I I used to do this joke where <laughs> I was like raising money to get champ to buy shampoo products for the Winter Soldier um, because he. I, his hair was just always so long and greasy. Yeah, it was always yeah, greasy and really yeah. stringy. Uh-huh. Um, and now I kind of feel bad about it. Now okay. he doesn't have the long hair anymore in the new series, so I can't do the joke anyway. You but... feel bad about offending <laughs> the fictional character. Yeah. The no, Winter I Soldier. I myself have a lot to work through in therapy, okay. just like Bucky does. <laughs> so, 
<laughs> yeah. Because, yeah, I think back and I'm like, oh, my God. But, like, I don't know what the winter soldier was going through. That's true. So. He was being, like, tortured and brainwashed, yeah. if I recall. Uh, I don't yeah. know if hair maintenance was his first uh, priority. And I will say I I prefer that look. I prefer, like, an Aragorn sort of. Yeah. I've um, always liked that look too. Yeah, yeah, definitely but he, but it's it's fair getting some getting some shampoo. How were you successful? Were you able to raise <laughs> raise aware at least awareness, if not people, funds? People were always like, eh. <laughs> like, nobody ever loved that joke and I tried it a couple times so I gave up on it eventually just like the Winter Soldier eventually gave up on trying to have that hair and then he he has like a really short a short cut um, okay in uh in this new series okay I'll, I'll check it out Sebastian Stan I do have a a relationship to him <laughs> like or a uh connotation to him so oh, okay he was uh he was an Itania which oh. also came out in 2017 but he was the abusive husband so he, he didn't was... he was not hot in that in any way oh my god I saw that that yeah um, he was good he was good in that you're right yeah yeah and then okay so there are shows which I like think I've made up or dreamed <laughs> of and then i will see it see it on imdb and i'll be like that was an actual show that wasn't just like an like an in-universe fake you know how in like shows there's fake shows within those shows i sometimes think that's true of my life so one of those which i wait how often does this happen a lot Uh, but it's mostly (laughs) happened recently with um this show that i remember watching on tv and being like confused about um called king's and it was on NBC, and I, and and it came it, it came out in two thousand nine. So like huh. I was like nineteen. So I feel like this is like a hidden memory. <laughs> so I feel like this should have came out way earlier. To like this is shows my memory, and it was a a modern day retelling of the bibli- biblical story of King David. I did not pick up on that because again I was just like watching it on TV, um, and I didn't have you know, we didn't have the same means to understand TV that we have now. Yeah. And so Sebastian Stan was on that as as well as Ian McShane, who is a, he's a wet actor. He is. Yeah. I love, I love a good Ian McShane. Yeah. But if anyone else saw the show, the short lived show, I think it was only, only one season, uh, Kings, please validate that. It has a Wikipedia page. I don't think this was Oh an MK Ultra. And this was NBC? Experience. Yeah. It seems yeah. like it would it seems like in order for it to be interesting, mm-hmm. like because what you described does not sound like a yeah. c- cool show. <laughs> in order for it to like be interesting, it would have to be like Game of Thrones style with like sexy, sexy parts. Right, and, right. But at NBC, like So I'm reading it because I don't remember any of the plot. So it's set in the fictional kingdom of Gilboa. A modern absolute monarchy. Gilboa is ruled by King Silas Benjamin, who originally formed the United Kingdom two decades before from three warring countries, Gilboa, Carmel, and Sela. He believes that he was divinely anointed king, and he often cites the day when a swarm of monarch butterflies once landed on his head in the form of a living crown, which called upon to form 
the monarchy and the kingdom. Um, so yeah, it, I think it like to me, I thought it was interesting because it seemed it was very sh- Shakespearean. Yeah. And and apparently pretty biblical. Um, so yeah, that's where I think I know Sebastian Stan. Yeah, but I will check out. Uh, I said I think I've said that like I've tried to cool it a little bit on Marvel shows if I get the impression because they are they are funded by the U.S. military. Oh my and, god! Yeah, and this and one, in some yeah. <laughs> some ones it's more obvious than others, and I was getting that vibe from this that it might be more yeah. of that and less like WandaVision where you can can kind of disassociate, yeah. but. If I hear there's someone who has sexual chemistry with everyone I'm in, oh I'll my watch god, it for that, it's 100%. so cute. He just like, and it's so like, it's this energy about him. He just will start mm-hmm. talking to someone, and they just can't help but just start like giggling and like, <laughs> like playing with their hair and stuff. And it's like, oh my god, there's like a moment when this, uh, it's a a character that that honestly. It took me a second to like recognize. So, but yeah. they present it like a whoa! Look at this reveal right. of this character, and so it's like Falcon and the Winter Soldier and this third character, and I'm like, oh my god, this is like they just everybody kiss. Come on! It was just come like, on everybody. Great, great chemistry between these three characters. Yeah, that's interesting because. Um, I think I think I've seen some like uh, screenshots from it because I'm back on Tumblr. Um, <laughs> is it mostly the guy who's playing the new Captain America though? Yeah, I, Anthony Mackie. No, no, no. Is that he, is he not the new? That's who's supposed Captain to America? be the Captain New Captain America. But yeah, but I guess like between End Game and this series, yeah, um, the U.S. government has assigned the role of captain america to a new oh, person and gross. um and like he just he looks like the, the actor who plays him when he's wearing the captain america helmet yeah and everything he looks like if the guy from up the old guy was wearing yeah. a captain america costume it, i know okay. that sounds but i know that sounds <laughs> what but i'll send you a side by side yeah please please do no i i saw that um okay so another show that i thought i had made up and from my childhood okay. was the show everwood uh, oh, but i, but I more, can't people have you. seen that yeah i was like I can't yeah you people have seen that, that. I don't think I made it up, but it, it's just like lodged in my brain. I can't remember anything it was about, oh, except like same. it was a family show. I just, I watched but it. But I remember watching yeah, it. Yeah, I binged it on, it had to have been Netflix, like early mm-hmm. days of being able to stream on Netflix. And okay. I like binged it during a very lonely time in my life. So I also yes. don't really remember it. So to me, Chris Pratt will always be from Everwood. Um, and okay, so the girl from Everwood is also in these these little Captain America films. Oh shit! And she is the one who has she has no chemistry with Cat with uh, Chris Evans. You like know, they have this weird she kiss. Might, it, you know, she might have chemistry with these two other guys. That's I thought. <laughs> I thought I was like, is this? Are we having? Okay, yeah. all right. That's great. I'm I'm proud for her. Um, even though she's it sounds and like it's she's funny a fed. Beca- it's funny because like <laughs> they yeah but she's like 
I don't know. I don't really know what they're doing with this show, but um, but Emily uh, Van Camp, that's yeah, her name of, yeah, of Everwood. She, yeah. um, it's cute because they all have this like connection to each other that is Captain yeah. America, and he's not there anymore, so they're kind of yeah. bonding he, he's over that. Dead, right? Uh yeah. I old? think he's yeah. he's like old and about to die, if not already okay. dead. But he's lived a whole other life with right his other. <sighs> person that he doesn't have chemistry with because he has right. chemistry with um bucky <laughs> but yeah so but everyone. we can't allow that we can't allow that in yeah. our our u.s military propaganda films okay um They're so cute though i know i know it's cute i i'm i clearly like a lot of marvel stuff i'm just being just being contrarian um so my week oh uh, yeah okay so yeah sorry that was a <laughs> it's okay no i i do you on because i needed to talk about the, the show kings and oh, then yeah. everwood um i might watch kings it might happen um so speaking of shows where the there is extreme amount of just sexual chemistry between every single character uh, i have gotten into the show the uh animated netflix show castlevania which you know yeah. because it is all i've spoken about and first of all uh if any of our of uh, the friends who listen to this podcast knew about this show and didn't tell me about it fuck you because this show it has a lot of problems it has a lot of stuff that is not cool. However, from an aesthetic and character standpoint, this show was made in a lab, much like the Winter Soldier, mm-hmm. specifically for me. And it it actually boggles my mind how many of my things it hits <laughs> to the point where I'm get, I, like, I am getting a little par- paranoid um, that maybe I'm like a pre-cog and i went to the future and created the past and created the show i don't know which would be preferable to who did create the show um oh that yeah let's let's go with that because also like if that's true you just kind of got it you still got to ride it out it's still yeah even if you're a precog even if (laughs) you have traveled through time and already created this it's all it's still about mindfulness right it's still it's about, all about mindfulness. it's still about yes. this moment so you still it's just live in this moment. you just let mm-hmm. your precog self take care of it they've already yeah. taken care of it yeah yeah <laughs> i cannot be worried about pre-crimes yes. i'm living in the now yep, exactly. i i can only focus on present crimes yeah. Not past crimes, not pre-crimes, just what's happening right now. Um, yeah, Castlevania, it has everything. It has the three leads. We have are like a sexy uh monster hunter that uses like a whip. He's got like Indiana Jones, like his whole family died. Um there's there's like this is very much like Game of Thrones if um I don't know if I have one Game of <laughs> Game of Thrones if it was uh just written by even hornier if it was just written by me uh, <laughs> I was going to say is it like a Halloween episode of Game of Thrones It's something? like a Halloween episode of Game of Thrones yeah. thank you So yeah th- th- we have a monster hunter we have a uh, a li- lady wizard And then we have a half vampire son of Dracula 
who is who they like wake up and whose mission is to kill Dracula and they all team up to kill fucking Dracula. Dracula's in this and he's depressed. He has depression and he's not dealing with his depression well. He's uh his wife has died so he's deciding to wipe out humanity. Okay, cool. Um and so they got to stop him. There's like I was going to I was yeah. going to ask if they just like out of the blue decided you know what? Fucking enough is enough. This this dude's existed for this long. We're d- but there was an there was, there was an a reason to kill incident. Dracula. Yeah, yeah. yeah. The, um, yeah. Dracula was a good husband and father. That's very clear. Um, uh-huh, okay. He is a very loving uh, and supportive husband and father. But yeah, he like always. Yeah, it's like his wives right. that he had, right? Right. Well, in this version, it's 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 a human wife who uh, goes. Oh, oh. She wants to learn he, like, about straight up uh, medicine, father. and vampires know about ancient technology, and because humans have forgotten it, so they know about like electricity and modern medicine oh, in this gotcha. medieval world. So it's world. like steampunky kind of. Yes, it's kind of steampunk. Um, and so yeah, he his his human wife gets burned. Oh, this show is also very. Uh, the Catholic Church are are evil. They're they're antagonists too. Love, Love it. it. Yes. Uh, and so oh, and so they're all all our main leads are excommunicated from the church and hated by society. So I'm like, I love this. I, uh, yeah, in my life too. All the <laughs> main all the main characters. <laughs> um, and they all have weird weird a weird not weird uh but weird sexual chemistry with each other. And essentially, um, yeah, yeah, they gotta, they gotta kill Dracula. Um, he, uh, there's like sexy, uh, female vampires who, um, have their own little side plot going on. There's, uh, revenge zombies. There's, um, yeah, it's, it's got everything. Um, I don't vouch for all of it, but on an aesthetic level, it works. It's really working. Um, and I'm excited. I have one episode left um that i kind of microdosed it because i'm like i can't they they're it's very short um but season four i think is coming out soon so anyway moving on um caitlin um i usually ask you first but i can because you have not seen the shape of water have you had any relationship to this film or Guillermo del Toro films in general? Uh, just that I I saw Pan's Labyrinth mm-hmm. uh, a while ago at this point, like probably a decade ago, and really enjoyed mm-hmm. it. Really loved it. I love the I love the weird, dark aesthetic. I love pale, glistening things mm-hmm. in a dark forest mm-hmm. cave Ooh. and blah 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 um you know i just i like that and i love magical realism mm-hmm. so which this movie we can, i guess it can be argued that it yeah. may or may not be yeah but this this was sort of more straight up fantasy yeah um and uh but i did love a, a lot of his movies mm-hmm. are magical realism yes. i think uh but other than that no i hadn't gotten around to seeing shape of water mm-hmm. yet Mm-hmm. But what about you? Yeah, so um, yeah, I'm a fairly big uh, Guillermo del Toro fan. I did study um, like Spanish language Latin American cinema in college, so um, so I took film classes, but only in Spanish, and that's why like 
I don't know a lot of terms in English. Um, you can you can, can translate. You can have conversations yeah. with, with people, but only like only about film. Only about and film, cinema. exactly. <laughs> um, so, and I also like. Do any of us remember the things that we were taught in college? No. Oh my um, god! Right. So yeah, yeah, I saw I saw most most of his Spanish language films, and La- Pan's Labyrinth is one of my favorite movies i think it's just really effective i think it's i think it is wet as hell um and it is sort of that magical realism that kind of r-rated fairy tale that i think this movie fits under but but yeah i fucking love pan's labyrinth uh and shape of water i saw in um i saw in theaters with my mom (laughs) Oh, which was great, Uh, which, you know, um, it's fine. Oh, man. Um, Yeah, that's uh, did you what did you do? What did you do right afterwards? uh, I think we went and got pizza. And yeah, okay, but you had to like talk about yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, my parent parents are are fairly cool about they seem cool sex yeah. stuff. But yeah, it's not. But this is like not just sex stuff. This is like. I mean, it is and it isn't. I, there's just like, there comes a time where like we probably have to talk to all of our parents about uh, what, you know, uh, if a fish man approaches you, uh, what are you doing? What are you doing if yeah. a handsome fish man, it's 10 p.m., where is your handsome fish man? <laughs> yeah. But yeah, like what if you just have like, intense chemistry with this fish yeah. man yeah there comes a time when you when it's it's good to discuss yes, yes. discuss those things and so i um then 2017 i had a gift card to see a bunch of movies at this independent okay. theater so that was the year that i saw the most oscar nominated movies like ever in my life and okay. some of my favorite movies I've ever seen came out that year and uh Get Out came out that year um oh man Lady yeah, Bird which fucking... is, is is a great made me cry uh yeah. and oh yeah unfortunately uh Call Me By Your Name also came out that year which uh I loved when it came out and now for a lot of reasons uh it We'll never it's, be able to I'm watch never going to be able to watch that. Um, so a lot of great movies came out. And honestly, this movie I enjoyed, but was kind of like underwhelming a little bit because yeah. of the hype. And then I felt disappointed that it won Best Picture. By the way, this is the first Best Picture winner or nominated oh, really? film that we've done. I don't... <laughs> correct me if I'm wrong. I have, have any of the other know. movies... Maybe the f- I don't think the fly got any nominations because the Hollywood. Are you kidding me? Yeah. That is baffling. Yeah. I yeah, I always kind of uh, I assumed that this movie was not knowing a yeah. ton about Guillermo del Toro, not knowing a ton mm-hmm. about about this movie. I kind of thought it was that they this was one of those Oscars where it was more about like we kind of owe yes, it to for, yes get yeah. him to give it to him because yeah I. At the end of this movie, I was like, yeah, this was really good. I loved watching yeah. it. Beautiful movie. Really, really sucks mm-hmm. you in, draws you in, and you you can't look mm-hmm. away. But I don't remember, be, like, after watching Pan's Labyrinth, I I was moved yes. W- yes. way more. Yes. Um, it was, yeah, way more moving and beautiful mm-hmm. of a story. Mm-hmm. And so I kind of thought it was like, well, 
we haven't honored mm-hmm. him with anything in the past right. which is like whatever. yeah yeah <laughs> Because I'm sure, I mean, he's a great filmmaker, yes. so yes. he deserves an Oscar, certainly. It's definitely. But, um, um, yeah, yeah I, I just, like, this is not a better, to me, this is not a better movie by a long right. shot than Get Out. And uh, oh, and a lot of the other other movies nominated, I think, were better, were better movies. Yeah, so I think that it has always kind of, like, uh, tainted the movie a little bit for me because the Oscars, mm-hmm. even if I've not seen a single film, it is my... Um, it's my Super Bowl, and I get very <laughs> invested and then I, angry yeah. on behalf of 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 the movies that don't win. So, so yeah, that's always been my my sort of view on it. And uh, but it's a fun film. It's 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 cute. It's a good time. It and it's extremely wet. It is extremely wet. It's yeah. so wet. It is sopping yeah. wet. I mean, yeah. it yeah, it is just sopping mm-hmm. wet and yeah I don't even know where to start there's there's some so what I okay what I'll say about this movie mm-hmm. is that I didn't take a ton of notes me neither um, yeah yeah and I think it's because the the notes that I took are different kind of mm-hmm. usually usually my notes kind of go chronologically mm-hmm. this is just kind of a collection of the most critical wet moments about yeah. this the critical wet things about yeah. this movie and I think it's because and this is absolutely like this is Guillermo del Toro that it requires you to just like surrender to it mm-hmm. and it sucks you in and you just have to it, it's like this this visual I don't even know what to call it but um but it's like it's not plot heavy yeah it's really about yeah it's about the the experience of watching yeah, it, and it yeah. so I feel like it um that and that mm-hmm. seemed really wet to me that like you almost I, I like couldn't take notes about it because mm-hmm. I was like I just have to like surrender myself to this current and, yes, and yeah. let it wash over me yeah uh I the exact same thing I just was like and also the movies we watch have moments and this did have some moments where I was just like <laughs> okay all right uh but <laughs> When I take notes on a movie like B-Movie or uh, <laughs> Shrek 2, Wild Mountain Time, movies that defy any sense of uh, and grounding that, that, key, that, would key, that not only um, helps you to understand the plot, but just like what is unfolding on the screen. So often <laughs> the notes are a way to cope with that. And so they're like, what is happening it's an expressive way of sort of like trying to stay moored in a sea of B puns. Yeah. And this, it's like, this is a, a, this is a weird movie, but it's like, it's like pleasant. And, and um, it, it's pretty tightly written and I'm like, I get it. Like the themes are very, very clear. And uh, I I don't need the notes to, uh, to process things like, Goop shooting out of a man's uh, fingernails. Or although there were some really rough moments in this movie that were like particularly difficult for me to watch, Uh and I think it's because this was such a recent movie, Mm -hmm. and the the effects that they uh, of a man ripping off his two like Mm -hmm. stinky ass. Yeah. Uh, fingers that have been reattached and didn't take 
to his hand and he just straight up rips him off several times. There were times where I was like, I thought he already ripped yeah, his finger yeah. off, but there it is again. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and it's just like, it. Uh, I feel like the blood blood physics right were yes. something that I was mm-hmm. thinking about in this movie where I was like oh when somebody when mm-hmm. when there's blood pumping through somebody's artery mm-hmm. or it, when someone rips their finger off and the the speed at which like the gauze just like starts turning red uh, and all of that stuff they really thought about that in right, this the, yeah. the physics of the blood mm-hmm. and um and that's because in something like the fly I don't know that that much thought <laughs> it's right, more just right. like make this look <laughs> fucked up this was like I need you to see what it looks like if uh, a guy eats a cat's head off <laughs> like um yeah there's a lot of, uh, you'll find in a lot of movies and also in real life that there's a lot of blood pumping through arteries. You'll, it's a yet, thing. It happens a lot. Yet, yeah. And yet I'm always surprised by it. Right, I'm right. You mean, you mean when so- that then when someone's cut and the yeah. blood goes out of the artery. Yeah, yeah then something's that, gone wrong. Yeah. yeah, just that like, there's like shit moving around and coursing oh, and yeah. pumping through us all the time and it's i don't disgusting. think about that and when you're reminded of that it's it's one might faint if i every time you know i've gone to the doctor a phlebotomist get my blood taken get my get my fucking heart checked my blood pressure checked i'm like listen david cronenberg <laughs> i don't care where you went to medical school don't remind me that i am mortal and that I have blood and goop and I'm decaying inside and things can go wrong. And I have like, like I got juices and organisms flowing and organs and everything. Ugh. Yeah. Doctors yeah, you are really. Sicko. Doctors yeah. are sickos for wanting to like know about how all the juices flow inside of you. Gross. That's what they want to think about uh, all the time. Wow. Disgusting. Yeah. Pick a better job. Right. They've really been in their Cronenberg era for a while. And uh, they got to stop. Yeah. Um, Gross. That's us appreciating our healthcare workers. Um, Okay. So this this movie, um, do we need to talk about the color palette right off the bat? Or do we want to get into plot? I think... I would like to talk about the color palette because Uh, it is... It is wonderful. It is great. So I, I, it's obviously like it's got this green pallor mm-hmm. over everything, but different than the Matrix kind of green. Yes. It's mm-hmm. it's more of like a it's darker. It's mm-hmm. uh more of more of like a dark teal, which teal mm-hmm. comes up. Teal comes up as yeah. yeah, and the Matrix is a more like cool kind of neon lighter green uh overcast uh, yes. over everything uh-huh. and this is this is like swampy this is a s- yes swampy absolutely Sw- swampy um in like so this movie takes place in baltimore in 1962 so it's very obviously retro yeah. uh and so everything yeah everything is very green not only like the um like filter use but just like the this lab that the fish creatures and uh the diner that they go to everything's very green and it's to an aggressive level yeah like i like it but it it's to a point where it's like i wish this movie had come out in college because 
this would have been an easy movie to write about in like a film studies class because it kind of hit and this is not a bad thing i think Guillermo del toro has said like i just wanted to create like a romantic film with he was like i didn't want like new like there's a message and yeah kind of kind of an allegory but i just want like this to like he saw a creature of the black lagoon when he was six and he was like he was really disappointed that the creature of the black lagoon didn't get together with the woman because it was a monster (laughs) movie and they shot the creature at the end um Uh and he was really upset about that and so he wanted to like he wanted to fan fanfic workshop that and and get them together and so this movie it doesn't it's okay that it's not like subtle in anything um but yeah they hit you over the head with the green characters are often saying like her neighbor giles um he's presenting he's told he he's an artist and he's told not to make in an ad not to make the gelatin red but make it green because green Mm -hmm. is the color of the future and and it seems to be green is a color of like conformity and power the power structure and he's he's obsessed with key lime pie yes eating key lime pie from the diner until he kind well not like up until Mm -hmm. this point but there's turning point where he realizes that the man who he's been crushing on at the diner is an asshole and he's racist and he feels differently yes Um, yes. which is a it's a powerful moment to learn that someone that you thought you liked there you you realize that their value systems don't align with yours and you make the right decision right exactly um, and walking away and uh yeah and then he doesn't he doesn't want um any key lime any more key lime pie (laughs) um and the movie makes the point of saying that that key lime pie is disgusting uh which i like that's like a wet touch of like it could have been a romantic like "Mm, this tastes because he's a wistful because because of the time he's had to live in the closet and regret regrets like like having to do that and and the yeah. loneliness he feels and so you could see that pie being kind of a wistful experience but they're like no this shit's foul yeah. um yeah. which i liked and so then so we have green and then we have spots of red throughout the movie yes. um and del toro says it's like that represents love and passion and i would say like not in like a pleasant way like not conforming Mm-hmm. So we get she starts to wear more red as she falls yeah. in love with him. There's also like blood everywhere, but uh, I guess that represent that's their like meat cute is he's getting tortured. Yeah, I mean that is their meat cute, yeah. and and through throughout the time mm-hmm. that they know each other, he's he's being she has to mm-hmm. wrestle with like what's best for his well being mm-hmm. overall. Yeah. Like she doesn't want to get them both in trouble and get him killed. Yeah. Uh, so she she has to be cognizant of that, but then also wanting to like provide care mm-hmm. and food for him, mm-hmm. and she has to yeah wrestle with all of that. But um, also, I will point out that inside, so they live above um, a movie theater yes. that like is not doing very well. No. There's like never anyone in it. But there's this this scene, which I mean, this is the critically wet moment of the. There's so many, it's hard to pick right. one, but definitely one of the most critically wet moments of this movie is they f- fill up her bathroom. Yes, yeah. They just plug up every crevice they can and they fill it up with water, which I have so many problems <laughs> with. I Not- don't care at- that it's so romantic. <laughs> It is romantic, but, like, this is, like, 
you you live with next to other people. You live above a very nice man with a struggling business. Yes, they're like ruining their entire apartment, the the apartments around them, the everything below them, and also it was gonna go to the top. And did they not think about how they were going to get out of this situation? Like, I guess. I think they weren't thinking about I it. Think. But also, like, the bathroom. No one's bathroom is clean enough that you would want it, the entire right, thing, right. to be a bathtub, yeah. right? Yeah. Like, I also, as it was, like, on the floor, I'm like, everything on the floor is now just, you're, like, swimming right, around right. it. And, but, uh, but then it overflows into the theater underneath it, and the entire theater inside is this is like red, red velvet, lavet. this yeah. like rich red yeah. velvet, and then there's this like water pouring down onto and it, and they're like yeah. they're like uh bath sex water juice uh that's dripping down <sighs> yeah. into the theater. You see it go right into someone's mouth. Oh yeah, it <laughs> wakes do. them up, and yeah. I was like, that's a wet choice. Yes, yeah, that let's okay if for everybody who's having a fun romantic romp with a sexy sexy fish man um or a- any any mythical monster um, oh yeah any monster fi- like do it responsibly find a yeah find a beach Honestly, find a swimming like just pool. something literally anything that's not gonna right. That's not going to ruin the properties of all of the people that live around you. Like anything that's right. not going to do that. People who who are like sticking their neck out for you and your your sexy yeah. fish man. Yeah, these people are trying to help you. <laughs> and you're like, "Fuck your ap- apartment." I like, am getting like I can't even describe the the type of late I'm getting because it is <laughs> Well, I can with uh, with some. We'll get to the um, the hand describing signs for, his genitals. Yeah, because yeah. that's a that is a scene that is near and dear to my heart. But starting at the beginning of this film, um, mm-hmm. I think this is our first film with full frontal nudity. Is that is that true? <laughs> Did the fly? I don't think the fly. No, we haven't had. Full no, I don't think nudity. we have. Um, no, except for B movie. Are you, you're, uh, wait, are you, oh yeah, shit. Also, like, I don't think Justin was wearing pants. No, in yeah. The, I think he had, like, a rat, like, yeah. coat on, but I don't think he had, like, rat pants on. This is so. our first instance of live action human full, live action. full uh, frontal nudity. And and you're referring to the I'm, guy, I'm right? referring to our lead, uh, Sal- Sally Hawkins, Eliza. Wait, we got full frontal. Yeah, movement? like in the first the- thirty seconds of the movie, uh, very briefly. And another okay. thing, um, like no, it's just interesting. Like I like the portrayal of her sort of morning routine, where where she she has timed everything yes. out perfectly, including her morning orgasm her morning uh, orgasm as her hard-boiled eggs uh <laughs> boil yeah i i i think that's all all a wet experience it's uh, routines are really important i don't have a good morning routine um yeah. i think and i've always wanted one yeah i think uh hard bo- <laughs> uh setting an egg timer for your routine that is a strategy that uh yeah i would definitely 
definitely recommend uh, for for mental health. But they kind of show this whole whole routine, um, and and so they immediately infuse those hard boiled eggs with sexual uh, significance. Yes, because that is the amount of time masterfully done. Yeah, that it takes for a hard boiled egg to boil, um, which is great. Yes, and then they they use that as a a, a sort of yeah tool throughout the yeah the film yeah. to to communicate. To there's lots of yeah there's lots of different ways of communication mm-hmm. in this movie, which is important mm-hmm. because the main character uh, can't speak, mm-hmm. so. It's yeah that that's a huge theme of the movie is like d- different ways of communication. Mm-hmm. Um, she's drawn to dancing, mm-hmm. uh, tap dancing in particular, uh, with a partner, and that's because it's you know it's this conversation that you have to have between two bodies mm-hmm. that you know trust each other and are responding to each mm-hmm. other and sharing the energy but not using words mm-hmm. and there's all kinds of stuff like yes, that yeah. uh, including little little eggies little this eggies little eggies little 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 love eggies are just all throughout this movie how would you react if you like put yourselves in the in the position of your um michael phelps and yeah so you're retired so you're just they put you out to pasture in your swimming pool and a nice woman comes and lays three eggs at the side of your pool in a way to to gently uh gently try to befriend you as a peace offering but also as a sustenance and, and a way to connect with you how are you reacting I am see I am interpreting it the way that I believe it was intended. I am interpreting it as this is an offer of you want to fuck. <laughs> Hell yeah. They're like because you know what it is? It's like do you know where this little like wobbly <laughs> wobbly wet thing came from? A cloaca. And you do you know about those? And they're all, you know, <laughs> So whenever I see an egg, I'm thinking about a cloaca, and yeah. that's the main that's the main that's, that's message the main I would get. Uh, yeah. yeah, when Sally Hawkins and Octavia Spencer talk about <laughs> Octavia Spencer's like, so he's like flat down there. So like, and she kind of like uh, with hand gestures shows his, shows something opening up, and then mm-hmm. a penis emerging. But I was really hoping. Even though I've seen this movie before, that that she was just gonna do this hand sign for Cloaca. <laughs> Me too. Me too. And then I oh, and then I she's was like, so yeah, excited. we just cloacal kiss all all night. And um, I'm sorry that didn't happen. I know. Yeah. Me too. Yeah. It's it's okay. Maybe it's. I know that like Guillermo del Toro had to like negotiate about yeah. some things um with this movie like, in order you better you know. give the fish a dick and he was like yeah, yeah but i it's not really about that it's about like <laughs> love like love and um yeah. yeah exactly which i so that's one thing about this movie it's like extremely gory mm-hmm. like there were there were scenes like i i mentioned that were are rough to watch mm-hmm. just with like just because it's like a dude ripping his fingers yeah. off and stuff. Oh, and dragging someone by gunshot wounds oh, in their yeah. face. That, that was some Pan's Labyrinth cheek violence. I was yes. like, why does this dude hate people without... Why does Gabriel Del Toro want bad guys 
or not even bad guys, people that have like holes in their cheek. He's yeah, maybe he has a yeah. I I have a thing where like when people have that little trickle of blood that comes out of their ear, meaning like some trauma happened yeah. to like their eardrum or something like that, really freaks me out because I've yeah. had like ear infections since I was little. I had like this really weird virus happened to my ears that made me dizzy for like a month it was like I I've had so much weird ear stuff happen that 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 like really gets to me Mm -hmm. so maybe Guillermo del Toro has like a cheek thing and yeah yeah that comes out yeah but oh but yeah so it was like very bloody but it wasn't how this is weird to say because it's we just explained how it starts out with Sally Hawkins like nude and masturbating Uh that's like one of the first things that happens but it's not like for a love story, a rated R love story right. uh, between these two characters, it's so cute and romantic yes, yes. and it's never like, yeah, it, it never gets uncomfortable. No, uh, no. Yeah and, yeah. and I appreciate actually that it wasn't chaste. I, I appreciate right. that that she and like, I appreciate anything where it shows like a, a female character like enjoying sex and being yeah. sexual like i appreciate that and like we've had stories about like befriending a water creature and having like a meaningful relationship yeah but not going as far as like getting into the mechanics of it of yeah. how a physical relationship might work but i also appreciate that it also yeah it also was not it was not the porn parody of of itself yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly yeah so I got to talk about the first critically wet movie, wet moment for me. Um, uh, just one of the most to me, to me, this was actually a scene where I was, I just like needed to process because it was just <laughs> like, it was, this is a lot. The introduction of Michael Shannon's character. Uh, Strickland is his name? Yeah. Strickland. Michael Shannon is a very intense actor who is wet but i we've talked about this we're like why hasn't michael shannon come up more i think he's in very like good prestige television (laughs) and that's not that's not really like our thing yeah um but he the man is a sentient oil slick he's a sentient oil slick he's just he's a wet dude and maybe he'll be in space jam too we don't know uh hopefully there's a great likelihood because (laughs) Almost everyone is in that. Space Jam 2, again, we've talked about this. Monumental stakes of Space Jam 2. Space Jam 1, the stakes were, hey, Michael Jordan, if you don't win this basketball game, all of the Looney Tunes will be enslaved for eternity. (laughs) Space Jam 2, according to the trailer, hey, uh... LeBron James, if you don't win, we've kidnapped your son and you have to win a basketball game. I also feel like most of Space Jam 1 was just about like Michael Jordan's ego. Yeah. Like it was yeah. just about him being like, tell me I'm good at sports. <laughs> because which he was like coming off of a failed golf right, career, right. which like they make fun of in the movie. Right, um, right. But yeah, yeah, he is a... Yes, I I remember that being the stakes, and yeah. and then this is like, yeah, um, yeah. I hope um, LeBron James' son is okay. We'll find out. Yeah, I'm sure yeah. they're. Fine. I'm sure it'll be fine. Um, Literally, the whole world is helping out. So yes, yeah, <laughs> every character ever created. Michael Shannon, uh, 
is very intense, but uh, is a great basketball player. He's tall. He's tall. Yeah, he's tall. So Michael Shannon's character is this goopy dude. He's the antagonist. He's a classic Guillermo del Toro antagonist, like patriarchal uh, sort of macho. Um, yeah, like t- toxic masculinity. Toxic, uh, personification of toxic masculinity, just like the general in mm-hmm. uh, Pan's Labyrinth. He's always eating candy, great, great yes. candy, constantly shoving candy in his mouth, constantly like dealing with his goopy fingers. Um, He comes... I had to watch the scene a couple times in a row to get the sequence in. So Octavia Spencer and Sally Hawkins are mopping the bathroom. He comes in. uh, Mm -hmm. He puts down his... Cat, like cattle prod he uses to torture the fish Oh, guy. he calls it his... Wait, he calls that thing... He calls it this dingus. Yes. <laughs> He's like, you yes. want to know what this dingus is for? I'm yeah. Like, oh, the fuck? <laughs> um, that was wet as hell. To call your cattle prod a dingus? Oh, yeah. Oh he puts it down, gets blood on the counter, washes his hands, pees in front of these women. Then uh, one of them offers him a towel and he says uh, that he says he believes that you either wash your hands before you do your business or after, but to do both is weakness. So he washes his hands before he pees. Pees, yeah. then does not wash his hands because to do so would be would be showing weakness. And then with his pee hands, puts another like piece of candy or gum in his mouth and then leaves. And then Octavia Spencer uh, then comments... Like, the bathroom is so disgusting that she's like, there are pee freckles on the ceiling. So Yeah, him- I didn't appreciate her calling them pee freckles. <laughs> As someone with tons of freckles, I was like, ew, now I feel gross. <laughs> this scene was so wet. Just the idea, especially in this time where we know how important hand washing is. It yeah. it was wild to me. Um, I think, it, yeah, it was a lot to think about because it was like, I kept being like, yeah, I mean, I guess I've never thought about before that like, if you wash beforehand, then when you touched it, your hands would be clean. So there'd be no reason to wash your hands. Mm-hmm. But you're forgetting about the pee though. Right, right. Yeah. What if the pee gets on you right. at all? I don't know. Like, I don't know how much uh, people <laughs> yeah. with penises who pee, like how, well, I don't know what's involved. Uh, I mean, yeah, I was going to say, like, maybe it's like, maybe you, maybe you're really confident that no you pee, know pee gonna... will get on. But yeah. even like, if you have to like t- adjust yourself, I've, I've actually, I've never gone on a ride along, so I don't know the process. <laughs> Same. Um, yeah. I, I, I'm thankful that I, I don't know also, the process. I but... think with a urinal, I think it's probably easier to do like no hands. Yeah. Than yeah. it, than it is, yeah. would be with a toilet where you have to like really aim. Right. Right. Okay. All right. <laughs> I, this is when it would be good to have like, no, no, we don't, we don't need to call in a penis. Oh, no, no. Uh, no. Expert. You know, no. we don't. There's no, no reason. Okay. They've been given enough airtime. <laughs> but yeah, he is just so... I also like... 
I I really like tried to comb his IMDb page. Mm-hmm. I th- I really feel like this is true. I dare someone to cast Michael Shannon as a nice man, just mm-hmm. like someone mm-hmm. who's nice. Yeah. Uh, I da- I dare someone. I don't yeah. think. I don't his think anyone is willing to do it. And it's like intense. Yeah. It, yeah, it yeah. is. It's like his, yeah, his brow and yeah. But at least he knows, you know, he's, he's working yeah. with it. Yeah. And it seemed by Wikipedia page, which I, it, our new policy is we have, before praising an actor, we have to, um, oh, yeah. We have to uh, look at their Wikipedia page, personal life section to see if there are, is anything fucked up about them. Nothing. Nothing at least on Wikipedia. He strikes me as someone who'd be very private. Yes. Yes. I feel like he might be really nice in real life. I think like intense people can be, can be nice. Yeah. Um, In his Wikipedia page, there is a picture of him. With Stephen Dorff at the 2012 Toronto International Film <laughs> oh, Festival. Yeah. What, what film was, what, what's the Shannon slash Dorff vehicle that, that came out? I don't know. Let's, I've it's gotta got be it. on here. Yeah. He played the villain in Kangaroo Jack. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, Michael, Michael Shannon did? Yeah. Oh my God. I've never seen Kangaroo Jack, though. Uh, I feel like well, we probably have to do it for the podcast. I'm down. Um, okay, so they were in a film called The Iceman together, which he plays. So he plays a character who keeps secrets from his family. He works <laughs> dubbing pornographic films, which he then supplies to a mob-operated syndicate, but he tells his family that he dubs Disney cartoons. Wow. <laughs> Michael Shannon, you get typecasted. Wow. No, for real. I was like, yeah, I went through his filmography and I was like, I, ju- I feel like he's literally never played a character who's nice yep. <laughs> in yep. any way. No. He's an intense person. Yeah. But a great villain in this movie right you know do you think michael shannon was like listen steven dorf i played like really awful gangsters i've played bad family men i've just played general assholes but you know you know what i could never touch deacon frost i could not do deacon <laughs> frost you could he do could not do deacon frost steven dorf could do a passable job in the shape of water, but Michael yeah. Shannon could not do Deacon Frost. That's so true. That is absolutely true. And because <laughs> he's not cheesy enough, he's too elevated of an actor. To, that's what it is. Yeah, yeah, you can't. He could never. I would never buy that that apartment was his. Mm-hmm. <laughs> not at all. No, I would like to see Michael Shannon as a vampire. Um, but I think, yeah, no, I think he'd be a vampire that like still like lives above like. Uh, biker bar (laughs) or like a bakery that's a front for the Irish mafia or he would there would still be that element of it and he would still like need to punch have a punching bag that you see him use and you're like you're immortal you don't need to work out (laughs) (laughs) and he's like no I gotta do this for for the, for the boys and we're like what yeah he's like i gotta keep up some semblance of my old life i gotta <laughs> feel like or i'll lose me forever i gotta know? be a man i'll lose me to this monster forever i'll become yeah. the monster wait you had wanted to talk about just the concept of like 
monster movie, like monster character love stories, right? Yeah. Kind of just like that yeah. concept. Yeah. I mean, this this movie is like a retelling of Beauty and the Beast. And there's mm-hmm. a lot of like classic stories where like uh, a woman falls in love with a quote unquote beast. And I think in this movie, I think the message of this movie is not not terribly subtle so it's a retelling of that but it's also like all the characters in it represent a sort of uh people that have been marginalized or become the other in society i think that's a pretty bold i think that's the pretty yes pretty clear message of it um so not only the way that this fish man is treated but um uh, Sally Hawkins is a disabled character, which uh, disabled activists were actually like pretty upset that that uh, it was not played by a disabled character um, because, especially with the use of sign language, you'd want someone who's fluent. And I mean, she did a, a beautiful job; like she's right. amazing in it. But but that does kind of undercut the like. The message and and it seemed to be like using her disability as like a metaphor, which is like, you know, uh, okay. So and then the other people in her life, uh, her like best friends being like a a gay man in the 1960s and a black woman, like have also been in similar positions and Mm -hmm. are some like and each of them are like their lives are changed by this fish fish god and they yes and that they their success in Uh their endeavor to like free him and make sure that he's safe all relies on each other sort of having empathy for for the other and kind of keeping a secret for 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 this um and being invisible but like and so michael shannon discounts them the whole movie because he doesn't believe that they could have pulled off a uh, fish man heist. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And we also see like uh, the KGB uh, operative. Cause this also, there's a cold war element. There's a yeah. KGB operative who played by Michael Stuhlberg, who plays, Stuhlberg, yeah. uh, who plays just the hot dad from call me by your name, which <laughs> if we're going to take anything from that movie, let's, can I at least keep, his speech from can we keep keep the hot dad from call me by your name yes um, yeah so i think that that message is is pretty clear but i think yeah just the idea of of finding uh monster characters finding them romantic and the idea that these characters like godzilla or uh the mothman or sasquatch who are treated as monsters and kind of despised by society the mothman's not a good example because people but love like the mothman king, yeah king kong king kong for example like these misunderstood creatures who mm-hmm. are reviled by society but you know are hinted to have an inner life or or we as the audience project that upon them mm-hmm. um of course i think they have among queer people women um other marginalized groups they kind of have an affinity for monster characters. Yeah, definitely. And to this sort of view that they're not actually like this is what is the monster is is the the society right. and the social conditions and that in fact we can love and appreciate and have 
and sexualize yeah and that like i like in this one it was like the trope of this this creature is beautiful and wonderful but it but dangerous dangerous and a yeah it can harm you but in this movie as much as it can harm you it can heal you and and create life right Uh, right so that yeah that was really cool to see in this that um and like never hurt like never hurt her um only hurt like by self-defensive self-defensive except critically wet moment he does eat the cat pandora yeah but i still don't think i, I he didn't understand what a cat was he was and hungry he was yeah i i didn't yeah. blame him for for eating the cat that was a that was <laughs> jarring that was <laughs> jarring especially since i thought the cat got away because they did like a cut where i was like okay but the cat got away oh yeah they have a bunch of cats yeah and but and but then <laughs> Just, <laughs> yeah, he just face face full of that cat. That was a critically moment. You also will see it in the background of shots later on, um, when oh my god, who's the actor who plays her her friend who lives next door? I don't know. I just call him Giles. I think his yeah, name Giles. Is Giles. Okay, yeah. that's good. Um, yeah, Giles. He's like on the phone uh, later mm-hmm. on, and in the background you can see clearly this headless cat lump, like. And there's other cats like walking around it and stuff and they like kind of don't care. Um, yeah, that, that cat moment. But it's okay. Like even when he, I was like, oh, good for him. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> like, yes. He yeah. needed that. That's yeah. going to make him feel better. Yeah. Yeah. I, so yeah. So my, my point was, was just that this is a movie where Guillermo del Toro, like, embraces that idea yeah and puts that yeah. front and center and, and is like that's valid and that's what this movie's about and that's what I was felt like when I was six years old and <laughs> yeah. this is and I finally get finally get to see that so so I liked that even though it like was you know not a subtle a subtle <laughs> a subtle movie yeah. I liked I liked that it was kind of validating around that kind of love yeah. and affinity people have for monsters um do I want to then be self-reflective of why I've been really into vampires uh, in quarantine? No, I'm good. I don't know what anyone's <laughs> implying. Um, no, I'm good. Yeah, we vampires totally are just sexy. what Guillermo del Toro is doing with this. Yeah. We we get it 100%, yeah. love it. Not, but no, it doesn't apply to me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, so this is a good moment to bring up as we're talking about like, we're always fascinated with this, mm-hmm. like, how did you put it? Like, our wanting to connect with, like, oh, this, the, these misunderstood creatures mm-hmm. who are of, like, a higher cognition mm-hmm. that, like, maybe are on the level uh, of humans and stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, so the, well, the movie came out recently, mm-hmm. so this would be recent, too. Um, in February 2018, the estate of Paul Zindel, uh, who is a playwright, young adult novelist, and educator, initiated a lawsuit in California against Guillermo del Toro and the associate producer, Daniel Krauss, alleging that The Shape of Water brazenly copies the story elements, characters, and themes of his 1969 work, Let Me Hear You Whisper, which depicts a cleaning lady bonding with a dolphin and attempting to rescue it from a secret research laboratory's nefarious uses. So he thinks that his 
like story about a lady wanting to fuck a dolphin. Just a dolphin. It's just a dolphin. It's not a it's like the the whole point of why it works in Shape of Water, like the whole reason why it works right. in Shape of Water is that it's like Yes, he looks like a fish man, but he's not. He's like, he is this highly intelligent, magical creature who is like a god, uh-huh. is maybe a god. Yeah. Um, or and, at the uh, end, Michael yeah. Shannon says, you are a god. So I think for the audience then. <laughs> yeah, he says, fuck, you are a god. Yeah, yep, it, that yep. that line is so fucking good at the end when he just like. Yeah, that yeah. like fuck, it is a god. Mm-hmm. Um, and you're like, yeah, and your stinky fingers, stinky fingers. That's what we should call them. Um, I did love how big of a part of this movie was talking about how like Michael Shannon's fingers <laughs> were stinking so bad. They were like, like that's dude, such, that's such a gross right. detail. Okay, so because the uh, fish, or as the subtitles call them, the amphibian man. Um, mm-hmm. but like bites off his fingers at the beginning of the movie, so he gets yes. them like shoddily sewn back on. Yeah, well, like 1960s reattached yeah, yeah. is is all yeah, I. Yeah, they're like, imagine. oh no, dude, because uh, it's still like today, it's hard to reattach, right? And maybe it's a metaphor for like him, his yeah. unrest. I don't know, but uh, yeah, and that he just there's pus, there's just he's just rip, and then he rips them out at one point, uh, yeah. to make a point. Which is very, very wet. Um, have we talked about... We haven't talked about Doug Jones. Oh, yeah. Let's yeah. talk about Doug, Doug Jones, Jones. wet legend. Absolutely prolific actor. Known for playing a lot of, like, monster, non-human characters. Um, mm-hmm. He plays... Um, this guy, they can't see that. But I'm putting my hands oh, over yeah. my eyes. Um... The pale there's like man. Not a, the pale. There's not a good audio thing I can yeah. really put in either. Yeah. What's his catchphrase? Does he have <laughs> it's it's like, uh, hey everybody, I represent the Catholic Church and I eat children and uh, don't eat any of my uh, don't don't eat my meal, don't eat my feast, don't eat my <laughs> feast. Is- that is his catchphrase. He's like, don't eat my feast. <laughs> and, and they're like, oh, pale man. Did you rip the heads off of more children? And he's like, hey, what did I say? Don't eat my feast. <laughs> <laughs> they're like, oh, we can't stay mad at you, pale man. Uh, um, the guy, the eye, eye palm face guy. Yeah. Uh, that was Doug Jones. Um, oh, yeah. He's uh he's uh isn't he another fishman in the Hellboy? I think he movies? is. Yep, he's a fishman in that. Um, he's something in Crimson Peak, which I saw Crimson Peak, which is oh, very yeah, he's interesting. Like, he's another character like that. Yes. I that movie I gotta I gotta watch. I it's a weird one. No, yeah, I've really let myself down by not watching. I would I thought by now I would have right. seen that movie. Did you think really wanted to see that it. you'd see Crimson Peak before you saw Legends of the Guardians Battles of Google? I sure did, but like like a lot of things this year, what I thought was not reality. Right, right. Were, yeah. So a lot of my expectations Kept, had up in yes. this year, yeah. including that one. And this is the biggest one. This, this is, is the, the biggest, biggest way one. the pandemic has disrupted your yeah. life is that you saw Alice Goodwill. Wait, was, was Crimson Peak also Guillermo del Toro? Yes. Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, yeah. yeah he plays, I think he like plays a pale man character in sure. that too. Yeah. It's a yeah. Victorian thing. Um, it's, it's, it's fine. 
Uh, Tom Hiddleston's in it. Um, Ooh, I mean, yeah. Okay. <laughs> um, there's just a bunch of tall guys. There's just, just a bunch like, of tall, tall, thin guys. guys. Okay, you're gonna freak out because Doug Jones is also in uh, Hocus Pocus. He oh. is Billy Butcherson, the zombie. Yeah, he is in the um, 2002 adaptation of <laughs> the time machine with guy pierce which i've never seen but always wanted to see i should have seen by now that that's like up very much in my wheelhouse a bad adaptation of the time machine yeah i watched it one time it's like it is some guy pierce bullshit <laughs> it's, it did, really is did they make i mean in that movie making him old for no reason would make sense Dude, more than prometheus. Know, we, we said that, i think we said that in the prometheus episode right. where like he was literally in a fucking movie called the time machine and they had to do this in this yeah. movie oh yeah so he must be one of the like morlocks or whatever yes he's a morlock um he's in mystery men <gasps> yes he is yeah you're yeah. right he's um yeah, one of the guys that tries out i think right yes and batman batman returns so yeah he's in a lot of legendary wet pictures he's yeah. in Men in black too so so yeah like i think that he he yeah he's a critical oh, he's a wet hero um, guy, yeah. guy he i don't think he can play a dry character like no he just he Mm-mm. just has that wet essence about him in the same mm-hmm. way that michael shannon does uh yes. i think yes. that like you just he can't play he's in dry stuff but like right i don't think he can play a very dry character because no, he can't no yeah his like oil production of his skin yeah they're like literally they're like we're gonna put gills on you. We're gonna make you scaly. Um, oh, he's apparently in Lady in the Water, the M Night Shyamalan. Is he the lady piece. in the? Does he play the lady? In the water? <laughs> I don't think he's the lady in the water, but he must be some kind of aquatic being. He has to be. Oh boy! So that was my just like, yeah, Doug Jones. You're you're a hero. Let me go to his personal life section. <laughs> oh yeah, we got it. We just got to make sure. Uh, he describes himself as a dyed-in-the-wool Christian from the Midwest. Not anymore if he's working with Guillermo um, to del Toro. the point that he, he was initially apprehensive about his role in Hellboy due, the, due to the titular character's demonic nature. He seems wholesome. Yeah, and, um, and all, but also, bad. like, yeah. how do you... How, he seems like he must be really good friends with, with Guillermo del Toro since he's in yeah. almost all of his yeah. stuff. And Guillermo del Toro is, like, vehemently anti-Catholic and anti-Christian. Yes, uh, yes. So... And he is also just like the most jovial man. Like he's so one of my favorite things Guillermo del Toro has ever done is was his role as Grandpappy McPoyle in a few episodes of It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. Just inexplicably, inexplicably plays this weird ass character. And they just let I don't think there was any type of script with him. They just let him go and they got some golden nuggets he is just this weird (laughs) i i can only imagine how how that happened but uh oh my god wow um yeah he does not like organized religion um he like Clearly, with the pale man representing the Catholic Church, pretty trans- 
apparently. Yeah. Um, he, but he said that Cath- uh, Catholicism still like has an influence on him mm-hmm. uh, that he incorporates in his work. So he said that there was a Catholic influence to the shape of water. So he said, a very Catholic notion is the humble force or the force of humility that gets revealed as a godlike figure toward the end. It's also used in fairy tales. In fairy tales, in fact, there's an entire strand of tales that would be encompassed by the title The Magical Fish. And it's not exactly a secret that a fish is a Christian symbol. So, Shape of Water, any youth group teachers out there, Shape of Water is a Christian movie. I mean... Yeah, I read that and I was like, I was raised Catholic. I really like this movie. I still don't really get where he's going with like a fish is a Christian symbol. And so I'm like, yeah, but like, how does, I don't know, maybe I'm missing like a huge. Well, okay. So if we see the fish man, he, he does lay hands on Giles and he heals him and brings his hair back. So he performs miracles. Yes, totally. He, he, he at the end is shot and comes back from the dead and saves uh, Sally Hawkins' character, Eliza, from, from death. But throughout it, much like Jesus Christ Superstar, we're not sure, like, if he's magic or, like, it's not clear, like, they're like, he might be a god, he might not be. Yeah. Um, but we definitely know he's he's a hot fish and he's, he's going to be killed unless we heist him out of this uh, lab and bring him to a bathtub. But then at the end, I think what he's saying is that he's like this humble figure that you're not, sh- that then at the end is revealed as a god. The right. same way in like Greek mythology, like, gods will like turn into animals and then later you're like oh that was a god shit yeah yeah okay okay <laughs> um so i think that i think that's what he's saying but again i also or, trust or, you yeah and i mean maybe he's saying like this is as plausible as the stories <laughs> in the bible like yeah thi- like yeah this is another because i also am like i get i get the imagery that he's mm-hmm. using and the metaphors i don't know what his like this he talks about how this movie has a very religious uh influence and yeah. i didn't really get that from watching right. the movie right. um, and i usually pick up on those things but yeah. so i get yeah i guess i don't exactly get what he's saying apart from just sort of like reworking these 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 images so you were raised catholic but i i had a week where i just listened to jesus christ superstar that's, that's so my same. week of being christian <laughs> uh there was so I did pick up on the Samson and Delilah. Oh, right, <laughs> and right. This was subtle. They were like telling us yeah. uh, that Michael Shannon's character is like, uh, that Delilah cut his hair off and then he was fucked up. And he, that's what he considers him. He says like, the Lord made us in our image, but I probably look like God or Jesus. Yeah. I'm and, and then man. he's like, and... The p- thing that people always forget about Samson is that at the very end, he gets his power back and fucks everybody up. Right, right. Which is probably like a misreading of that story. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Um, also, like, yeah, I want to hear Delilah's side of the story because yeah, you don't just cut it, cut a dude's hair for no reason. Unless you're just like, he looked better. He, he wouldn't let me cut it. I think I think it's one of those things of like, he kept being like, don't cut my hair. And she's like, I, okay, I wasn't sure. gonna. And he's yeah. like, he's like, okay, I just want, I just want you to know, just don't 
ever just don't ever want to cut my hair and she's like okay yeah. and he keeps bringing it up to the point where then she can't if he hadn't said anything right it right. wouldn't have been a problem right but right. he has to keep and then it eventually gets under her skin and then she yeah. it's probably that she just decides to cut it and if i know right. a woman in the a story in the bible it's probably just that she just felt like cutting it one day it's <laughs> all her fault <laughs> and uh God damn it yeah uh, uh, and you know what is it like in New York City? <laughs> hey there! Oh hey there, God! Yeah. Sorry. Oh, oh man. Yeah, I can throw that in at some point. Sure, sure. Let's pause, pause for one minute and thirty seconds for Hey There, Delilah. My hand is over my heart. Let's have a moment of Hey There, Delilah, everyone. Everyone, if you're listening to the podcast, stand up, hand over your heart. Okay, so yeah, I have some like final critically wet moments. Yeah. Yeah, all of the eating, eating eggs while listening to her record player and them like eggs is like cute little foreplay was really yeah trails Um, of eggs like yeah like her like how she sort of pops it into her mouth yeah and and then he does it Mm -hmm. too yeah it's and it becomes yeah another little kind of form of communication with each other yeah Uh, yeah. that scene where she's coming home on a bus and she's I think just daydreaming about him and she follows the water droplets and they dance around the the window is she daydreaming or is that is this like magical realism or is, does she have like powers from, oh. from <gasps> touching the fish man oh i don't my know God. that's I don't know. that's totally a valid reading yeah. i love that i i yeah yeah he just couldn't keep them i <laughs> know i guess the whole thing is like a magical realism yeah it is it's also magical magical yes <laughs> yes and they like to make these movies that are like to not definable by one genre right, and right, they they right. like to yeah so yeah. it's definitely like he 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 does perform miracles but then also the ending is kind of like i think it's supposed to be intentionally ambiguous kind of what happens at the end but you know but knowing six-year-old Guillermo del Toro wanted them yes. to end up together they end up together yes. and like and the literally nothing nothing in the movie would lead us to believe that no. It has only showed us that he performs miracles like that. Yes. Yeah. And yes, has an yeah. effect on the physiology of a body that, yeah, he, yes. he heals it mm-hmm. and changes it yeah. and causes hair to Absolutely. grow again. Yeah. Um, yeah. Like, again, critically, what we've talked about, the like showing that the penis, uh, I guess, retracts it like there's an opening yeah. and then it comes out. And I like Octavia Spencer saying, like, never trust a man even when you look he looks flat down there. Yeah. I'm like, okay, okay. Yeah. All right. I loved their relationship, um, yeah. Octavia Spencer and and Sally Hawkins, that she, Octavia Spencer was so validating of things that were yeah. going on with yeah. I mean, she was worried for her, as yeah, everyone she- would be, but ultimately supported her. Yeah. Real yeah. 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 All of all of her friends were at first like, hey, maybe don't go to like commit federal crimes for a fish yeah and then they meet the fish and they're like oh you got a point (laughs) (laughs) that fish fucks you gotta hang on to that fish man um yeah and i and that was also very important to uh to gdt to let us know that 
this creature fucks yeah. and this is the mechanics of it. I'm not going to show you because I am I'm a gentleman, mm-hmm. but I want you to know. I want you to just know. Yeah, we're all, we're all picturing and it. And I yeah. I appreciate it. Yeah. Uh I the only other thing was that line that Michael Sh- Michael Shannon is just like vulgar and disgusting and that we've already said this but like just, yeah, yeah. just ugh. and he says this line I still got after his fingers get bitten off he says I still got my thumb my trigger and my pussy finger and I was like fuck you Michael Shannon <laughs> I know that you're playing a character but also fuck you fuck you fuck you yeah yeah that was very upsetting uh almost every single thing thing he did was so disgusting and odious and that's why he's that's why he's the king that's why he gets typecasted exactly but you know Guillermo del Toro uh Steven Dorff Michael Shannon vampire film with Doug Jones oh it'd be so fun come on you know you wanna come on you know you wanna man oh are we are we ready to hold hold it up yeah (laughs) oh look oh look who came in look who came in here and he's like He's leaving a little eggy on the edge of my desk. (laughs) Is that for me, buddy? Oh, okay. (laughs) You don't, you don't have any holes? Nope. So, uh, yeah, holes in this one. This, this was pretty easy for me. Uh, my main holes in this one are like sucking up little eggies, just like sucking (laughs) eggies into your mouth. Or that's, that's a hole. Yeah. Yeah, and the eggs just, they come out of a hole, they go into a hole. Eggs are just all about holes, if you really mm-hmm. think about it. Um, and then those, the holes in, uh, is his name also Michael Stuhlbarg? Yeah, Stuhlbarg, yeah. Everyone's that. name is Michael. Um, yeah, it, the, <laughs> the holes in, in Hofstetler, the Russian spy's mm-hmm. face that Michael Shannon just drags uh, him yeah. by. It were just... <gasps> yeah. Mm-hmm. So those were and the like and there are many other holes i'm sure you have you have some i think uh holes can often be the absence of something and there was an absence of a hole which i think you would mm-hmm. agree the absence when uh his <laughs> nether regions opens up apparently it has some sort of like you know operatic open the door yes a very dramatic effect open the doors the doors to genitalia. Um, yeah, the absence of a cloaca is a missed opportunity. Yes. I know it's a fish, but yeah, that would have just been an interesting thing to explore. Yeah. And listen, feeling alone, feeling like life, circumstance, the injustices of society have pulled us all apart and you are on your own. Uh, it leaves a hole inside of you that is can be gaping and and yawning but you can fill that with friendship with uh fun heists where you steal federal federal property and the love of a tender all-knowing magical fish god who's got just he's just got ass for days like we haven't talked oh my god yeah and also ladies (laughs) kicked up ladies i think like uh a takeaway from this movie is like yeah because what i liked about sally hawkins is she gets the Mm -hmm. sense that this this dude is like might be a god and she's like um yeah a god would want to fuck me he would pick me yeah (laughs) so don't settle for non-god fishmen 
Okay. Yes. You hold yourself to a higher standard. Mm -hmm. And for all the people who have been single in this pandemic, and I'm sure it's been very isolating when it's time to get out there and start dating again, you are worth an omnipotent, uh, fish God. Okay. Yes. Not, um, not just any merman, not just any, uh, you know, run of run of the mill, uh, enchanted tuna not just any sort of um goldfish no not some of these not these 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 everyday little mermaids yes you deserve a god and your reaction to meeting being in the presence of divinity should be yeah let's do this thing yeah, it would I'm feeling it. Me. You're feeling yeah. it. Let's go. <laughs> Hard boiled eggs on the on the side of the tub. Let's do this. <laughs> so yeah, and that uh, honestly is a safe way to begin to resocialize ourselves while still social distancing. If yeah. there is a fish man that you have your eye on, make sure you're both vaccinated eventually. But in the meantime, put a line of hard boiled eggs around his tank. Yes, at least six yeah. eggs between. The two of you. Yes. And you'll be doing it safe and yeah. great. And yeah. then when you two are vaxxed, you follow that line to the center. Yes. And, and flood the bathroom and the yes. entire apartment <laughs> complex you live in. Uh, oh, verdict. Oh, yeah. You, you write your verdict. Okay. Yeah. So the shape of water is pretty, pretty wet. Yeah. Uh, I would say it's as wet as the Pan Am Airlines ad department getting tricked by Poseidon, god of the sea, into signing a contract with him that results in them getting stuck in a mystical underwater underwater grotto and having to then create increasingly desperate marketing pitches for airplanes that Poseidon can fuck in order to be let out. Um, So you got a little bit of the 1960s aesthetic with Pan Am Airlines. you got a little bit of the, the God elements, the sea, uh, the just, you know, uh, where there's a will, there's a way as far as sexual uh, tension and sexual chemistry. Um, and yeah, this this movie was wet in a sort of uh, not really a maritime way, which we've said is dry, but in, in a fish sea creatures way, as well as its themes were incredibly wet. But uh, how how wet did you find this movie, Caitlin? So yeah, my my verdict for this movie it's it's really it captures something that uh it, it was is from my early childhood. Uh, I'm gonna tell you about this. Probably <laughs> says a lot about me. But um, so this is a shout out to my dad because uh, when my brother and I were really little growing up, um, he would like. When we would take baths, we he would like tell stories with the bath toys, um, mm. and we would like sing songs, and it was like it like it was the best time ever. And he he's like a really creative person, and he's a really good storyteller. So that was always really fun. And uh, my favorite, it was framed as a. I thought it was a show. Like I didn't realize mm-hmm. that this was a thing my dad was making up. So this was a fi- this is a fictional show from when I would take baths as a baby, and it was called Little Guy and Turtle, and uh, the main characters were like I think it was like Fisher Price's 
little people, I think is what they were called. And they would be like a very basic, like just like a head shape and it would like click Mm -hmm. into a round base and something else. And it was just like one of those and like his turtle that he could ride. And it was just their adventures. And so this is being told to me very much like the way that Sally Hawkins is interacting completely platonically uh, with the fish man uh sort of over the ah. over the lip of a tub um yeah it's the so the aesthetics are are similar to the lab that they're uh-huh. in and the theme song would go little guy and turtle little guy and turtle it's the little guy and turtle show and that's how you'd begin and end the little guy and turtle show and that was just like a i think Probably me and my dad are going to sue Guillermo del Toro um, because (laughs) he stole our idea of Little Guy and Turtle Show. (laughs) Guillermo del Toro, uh, you better lawyer up. We're we're coming for you because, yeah, yeah, this is this was just a complete ripoff of a Little Guy and Turtle, which is how wet this movie is. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, man. Caitlin, I'm really excited for our sponsor this week this Ooh. week because we have another real uh actual brand that's sponsoring the podcast. Not not just a voice that I think I it tends to it, it's gonna happen more and more. That's how it starts and then Yeah. 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 We're big selling time. out. Yes. Um we won't remember any of you that supported us. We are <laughs> peace. <laughs> peace. All right. This episode is brought to you by Pete and Jerry's Organic Eggs. At Pete and Jerry's Organic Eggs, our family has been farming for over three generations. We're committed to producing the highest quality, organic, free-range eggs possible for you and your family, and hey, any visitors your family might have for generations to come. For example, Say uh, you live, you work in a uh, government laboratory in the 1960s, and you're just a you're just a, uh, a janitor, and uh, you're cleaning up blood one day, and you have a have a moment with a creature, an otherworldly creature that might be a god, it might be just a man, it might just be a fish man, and you connect with them, and you're trying to think of hmm, how. This creature has been just turned off by humanity. It's been abused and and stolen and, and, and treated horribly by humanity. What can I do to earn this creature's trust? Well, here at Pete and Jerry's Organic Eggs, we want to say that the best way to form an alliance and heck, maybe a romantic and or sexual relationship, if that's your thing, is to use some of our eggs. Just put them in Put them in hot water for 12 minutes. Make sure to use that egg timer. No other reason why. And put those put those little little delicious, healthy, organic eggs that are good enough for your family, good enough for the fish man you're trying to woo. Pete and Jerry's organic eggs, feeding your children and your fish man god lovers since 1962. This has been a production of Mess and Finesse, a comedy label based out of Somerville, Massachusetts. 
If you want to hear more of this program or shows like this, please send us an email at admin at messandfinesse.com. That's A-D-M-I-N at M-E-S-S-A-N-D-F-I-N-E-S-S-E dot com. And for more content, directory of programs, or information on live shows and comedy classes, please visit messandfinesse.com or follow us at Messandfinesse on social media. Thank you for listening.